We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Men and Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugard. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine and follow us on our YouTube channel, Seahawks Men and Man on YouTube. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and that's CKID206. We have a special guest with a special guest with us coming to us live from training camp. A guest who really needs that doesn't need that much introduction. We have Seahawks tight end Will Disley on the line. Uncle Will, what's up, man? What's up, y'all? Thanks for having me. Good to be on your show, you guys. Oh, thank you, thank you for uh, for stopping by, man. Does everyone on the team call you Uncle Will, or how how how's that nickname go? I mean, it started it started from the top, and now the young guys kind of come in and they call me Uncle too. So <laughs> I've kind of adopted it. I mean, I do have four nieces and nephews, and uh, I mean, I love it. I love the title. Boys are loud it's, right now. Seahawks it, live. Nah, it's, it's all, good. Yeah, it's all good. But is the Uncle Will thing more about an aesthetic, or do you have like an old soul? Like, why do? Why are you Uncle? I don't even know how old you are. How old are you, man? Yeah, shoot, that's all the above. I mean, it could be the hairline, it could be the choice <laughs> of music, but uh, I mean, I just feel like I get along well with everyone. I'm kind of, I'm just like Uncle Will, man. I'm, I'm easy going. I'm fucking trying to have a good time. Pardon my language, but uh, yeah, man, it just kind of stuck. It started started right when I got drafted. Like I said, I do have a niece and nephews. And they're just like everything to me, and then I kind of just adopted that that role, that lifestyle. You mentioned music, old school. Where are we going with this, Will? Give me some insight. What are you listening to before a game? What are you listening to when you're at home chilling? What's going on, man? I mean, I love. I actually can truly say this. I love all music, like except for okay. screamo. I'm not into screamo, but I like techno. I like I like the Eagles. I like the Beatles. I like you know atmosphere. Um, like Run DFC, any of those. Like I like country music, Eric Church. I like uh, like indie, like indie rocks. What is that? Like the Lumineers. I can literally any any music. If it's a good song, I'll listen to it. I'll vibe with it. So you might have had a beef with Mike and the Techno Thursdays because Mike was a big <laughs> no go on that, and a lot of players. <laughs> go ahead. You need it. You need it. I mean, we're out there working. We're trying to have fun. I mean, it's like it's technically still summer. What is it? August. Yep. So, I mean, it's technically still summer. We're trying to have some fun out there at camp. 
I'm definitely pro fun. Don't make me seem like that. Just, <laughs> it, the way Luke would just play the the box right in my ear in the locker room, like it just it, it got to me. But it's okay. I'm, I, I like the vibe. I miss Luke on the, uh, on the team, man. Miss Luke. Yeah, Wilson. we all do. We all do. Uh, you were one of the guys in San Diego um, with Russell Wilson, uh, right? This uh, everyone training this offseason, that right? Yes, sir. Um, from what I've gathered, you guys really got to know each other as players and teammates. Kind of got to know each other's each other's why. You know why you were doing this game, why you were you know doing this. What is your why? I mean, why is because I love it. I mean, I had a coach you know ask that question, and I mean a lot of guys say you know I want to win, I want success, I want money, I want to provide for my family, but. I'm only doing it because I love it. I mean, I, I think I could go and be successful in any other industry, but I truly love coming to work. I love getting better every day. I love the guys in the locker room. I love game day, running out in front of the 12s. Like, I love making plays. I love putting people on their backs. Like, it's it's so fun. Like, it's just a true blessing to keep playing the sport that I love. I grew up playing, and um, it's just a ton of fun, really. That's my why. What what about learning other guys' wise? Do you think will like strengthen the bond between you guys as players and perhaps translate to more on-field success? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 truly a blessing to get to know these guys. I mean, some of these guys' stories, you know, they're you know where they come from, who they are. They're just amazing people, and, and just to know, like, you know, I, I was undrafted. I came in. I want to prove like that I can be the guy because I know it, and I just have that confidence. Like that means a lot. And so you know, and that in that situation, like it's helpful for me to know that so I can build him up. Right. I'm like, well, you are the man, like you got this. And he goes out there and makes plays and proves it every day. And so it's just kind of that supporting role. And then obviously like, you know, DK story of like breaking his neck in college and coming back and just being great. It's like all that just adds to the bond that we have. And, and this is a relationship game. I don't care who you are, but you know, when you play football, it's really about the relationships, the people you meet. And so just, just knowing that and getting close to guys, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's a blessing really. That's dope. You mentioned DK's injury, and I want to talk to you about your injuries because you had quite a few your first few seasons, but then last season you made it through all 16 games. You know, you might have been banged up, but talk about how you stayed positive in those first two years going through all those injuries and just trying to get back to where you are today. Yeah, I mean, I think if anyone who knows me just kind of knows that I'm a positive guy, I don't really look for negativity. I don't I don't have time for it. I don't want it around in my life, so um, I'm just easy going. I'm here to, here to have a great time. So, you know, when I got hurt, obviously that was a huge setback and, and a real challenge for me. And so it actually took me quite a while to kind of recruit, like rebalance, get to center and be like, you know what? I'm Like I was really sad, like about, um, you know, being hurt, my season ending because we were off to a great start and just, uh, you know, kind of having that, that, you know, you know, cut out from under me, you know, no pun intended, but like, I was in a dark place, you know, I love football. So that thing that I love got taken away from me. I was out of my routine. I was away from my friends. I wasn't able to exercise to relieve the stress. So it was a challenge to get back to center. And so, you know, I really, I started meditating. I started journaling and I really just was like, you know what, this is who I want to be. This is where I want to go. And it's just, I'm just trying to find joy in every day. And, um, you know, really, if you have that mindset, like life's going to work out no matter, no matter the outcome really. That's dope. Did you have any teammates, whether it be the Seahawks or other teams that you could reach out to and communicate with that have maybe gone through something similar? Or was it just something that you took on as yourself and mastered it and now look at yourself and what you've done in year three and going into year four? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like they're actually old teammates, right? So the first one, I reached out to Jimmy Graham and just just to ask Mm -hmm. him, like, how he did it. And, um, you know, he was basically like really real with me. He was like, this year is going to suck and it's going to be a grind through and through. And so just I mean, it was like 
it was tough to hear, but honestly, once I heard it, I was like, okay, I can do that. Like, I know what to expect. I can, I can come back. And then when I tore my Achilles, you know, Richard Sherman reached out and was like, dude, you can, you can do it. Here's everything that I did, the stem cells, the BFR, you know, just put in the work. Like, look at me, like I'm, I'm like older than you and I'm back and I'm playing, being an all pro level. And so, you know, it just gives me a ton of confidence to come back. And, um, you know, I had, I had a lot of, a lot of confidence in myself mostly because of my family, they, they always build me up and they never let me get too low. And, um, you know, it wasn't a situation where I wanted to prove people wrong. I just wanted to prove people right. Like I knew I could do it. Everyone believed in me that I could do it. And so I was just like out there working and trying to get back. And here we are. At what point did you feel like you were back mentally from all of those injuries and out of that dark place that you mentioned? Mm. That's, a, that's a good question. I would say, uh, I think the, the so the first injury it, it was really quick. It was more of like a blind like faith. I don't I don't necessarily know if I processed like how how truly like messed up I was. And then the second time I really felt it. It was heavy. Like I didn't really want to work. I was like, there's no way I can do it again. Like that doubt just crept into my mind. And um, it took me you know a good like couple months to kind of get back and get in the groove. Once I started working out again. Once I once I realized really that was the biggest point was like realizing I was not in a good place. I wasn't in my right mentals. And like, I was like, All right, I got to start making steps, start journaling, start meditating, start working out again, just to get back into a, into a positive headspace. And so it, it probably took a good month to try to get back into that groove and get right again. And uh, just start believing in myself. What kind of accomplishment was making it through uh, all 16 games for you last year? I mean, it was awesome. I mean, just uh it was a it was a weird feeling kind of walking off of that playoff game like obviously i was i was really sad that we'd lost and i was really frustrated because we were we were a heck of a team but at the same time i was having some personal celebrations within me you know just first time finishing the season walking off on two feet and i was like i was i honestly flipped the switch right there i was like all right it's on the next season i'm gonna be as healthy as i can and, and just go out and dominate for this team because you know we really re reloaded we have a lot of really good guys back and we're gonna go after it this year so that was my mindset after that. Yeah, you guys are bringing back most of the same team on offense in terms of the, the starters, lost some tight ends and lost Demo. But uh, the real biggest new change is having Shane Waldron um, calling the plays. Uh, we've heard a lot of buzzwords about it, like high intellect, complex, smart, every, every word possible. You guys have brought out the thesaurus to explain Shane Waldron's <laughs> offense to us. Like, kudos to you guys for that. Uh, what's something specific um, that you think this offense will thrive in that you guys perhaps weren't as great as you wanted to be last year? That's a good question. I mean, I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's a confidence thing. I think uh, you know Shane just brings in this this unique system where everyone can really thrive, and you know that's from the running backs to Russ to the O line to the receivers, and so I don't think anyone's left out of this offense, and so I think that gives everyone a lot of confidence to go out there, compete, and be a playmaker for this for this team, and so. Um, that's really, I think that's the unique one. Obviously, everyone knows that he's he's a wicked smart guy, and we're super excited to go put it out on the field. But you know, everyone's going to be involved, and we're going to go out and be explosive again. Let's look at the tight end room because it's it's pretty talented and stacked. What separates you from the other guys, and what do you think you can bring to the table? Uh, I'm I'm super jacked about our tight end room. Honestly, first and foremost, it's a fun place to go to work. We all we all vibe really well. We're you know, we're having fun. We're making plays and. Uh, you know, it's kind of a unique position where um, there's kind of, there's almost two sets of tight ends. There's an inline tight end, and then there's a split out tight end. And I think you can see that in 
in the body sizes and and um, you know just the, the styles really you know I think Gerald brings an explosiveness and then in an, um, Colby brings just a huge you know frame to, to throw at and so then myself I think you know I'm not really good at bragging but like I'm an inline tight end and so you can leave me out on the field and call any play and I think that's where the difference is whether it's a run whether it's a play pass whether it's a quick game we're splitting out wide and then when we go 12 personnel it gets even harder right because I think all of us do a great job of blocking and so you know you might see a lot of 12 personnel I think that's our goal in our tight end room is to just go out there and be a factor for this team it's all right well you don't have to brag for yourself we'll brag for you uh you know the fans will always brag after you had like a gazillion yards in your yeah. first game 2018 <laughs> hurtling over people it was like all right this this Disley guy is gonna 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 be something man uh I've been I've been going around in training camp I don't know if everyone's noticed I've been asking everyone who are their funniest teammates um and I can give you some of the answers later but I want to hear your maybe like top five funniest teammates top five top five in no particular order I've seen that in that um, I would say Nick Ballore. I would say um, DK Metcalf. I would say Freddie Swain. And then I would go with the uh, – he's not, he's a strength coach. His name is Mark. Oh, and that's oh okay. Strength coach. So okay. It's a sleeper. Uh, my funniest guys. Is that – who's that? That's four. four. We, we need, need one, one more. I need one more. Yes. I'm not, include myself. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Everyone else has. <laughs> I, ain't mad at I that. think everyone but Russ has included their cells. You got to give us some insight, man. Pull back the curtain. How in how is Nick Ballor making everyone's list? I mean, he's just the he's just the curveball. He's the dark humor. He's the he's the savant when it comes to like playing both sides of the political jokes. And then he's he just he's timing is impeccable. You know what I mean? He's always on cue with a good joke. Oh man, no, no, that's now. Now we usually Chris usually asks someone who who we think should be on the show next, and I'm gonna steal your answer. I want us to just have Nick now, like you, you, you got me, man. We got we got to have Nick on the show. We'll plug us All with right. that. Tell Nick to tap in, so we can have him on. Okay. I'm gonna go talk to him right now. Uh, well, thank you for your time, man. Is there anything you want to say to the twelve before you go? No, nah, I can't wait to hear you guys screaming. It's gonna be a fun year. Go Hawks! Uh, thank you, Uncle Will. Appreciate, Appreciate you, it. man. You have a good one, hey, guys. Take care. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome back to the Seahawks Man Man Podcast. Thank you again to our special guest of the week, Will Disley. Is it the first time we've had a see uh, a tight end? No, 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 no. It's definitely the first time we had a tight end. <laughs> uh, a Husky. We, did, we got through that no, whole thing without no, no, no. a Husky it? player. Is it? Husky. Gotta be. Gotta be. Ain't that many that's been on the team. Yeah, that's gotta I be think you're one. right. We didn't mention. I didn't want to go into any. He he's Will was short on time, so we didn't want to. Yeah, that that would have taken up another five minutes right there. Apple, just that Apple Cup trash talk would have been a very long portion of the show. Um, but now after that, Chris is very clear. We need Nick Ballor on the show. Yes, fullback. Nick fullback Nick Ballor needs to be uh, on the show. On the show next. I'm gonna make that happen, or I'm gonna try. I've never. In, I've only interviewed Nick Ballor. For remember, Chris, I used to do those. Um, I used to go around the locker room, and ask one guy every question, or uh, one ask one guy the same question, every guy the same question, like, Oh, yes, what position would you switch to if you could? And blah yes. blah blah. So, wasn't that your first year or second year? That was my second year okay. on the athletic, third year on the beat, and just went around doing that. So, I only talked to Will or Nick for stuff like that. Got so, it. I don't okay. really, I mean, he was funny in some of those, but everybody's funny in those, right? So, well, that would make sense because everyone says that they're the funniest guy uh, on the team. So, it's really interesting to be getting those those answers i want to kind of do like a big investigative story on the funniest guys but i wanted it to be kind of like a not a secret but the, the team who's putting out yeah the lists every time making these graphics out of them maybe that's what i should be doing beating them to it did but, you ever see the vikings where they did something similar but they asked what player if you had a daughter could take yeah could take her out yeah and- <laughs> it, was, it was bad you had players like oh yeah this guy could do it and then there was i think it was stefan Diggs. like he's not no, I don't want yeah, Stephon the, Diggs. The question or... that the Vikings had was, which guy would you not want? No, but that's where they did it the other way too. Like, which guy you know could? Oh. And they were like, oh yeah, he could. And then Stephon Diggs was like, this Diggs was by no. far run away. The hell no. <laughs> Diggs was like, what's wrong with me, guys? Yeah, <laughs> it's I, like he had no clue. I, don't ask that one. Was, I just thought that was funny. No, because yeah, the other, it's awkward there because I'm gonna want to know why. Like, <laughs> what did this man do to women in your presence that makes you just be like? He has to stay away from my daughter <laughs> or his cousin, whatever sister. Yeah, he I just don't, can't be around. It was very, very, maybe it was, yeah, maybe they did ask sister, not daughter. I don't know. It was whatever it was, it was that same formula yeah, and it was, was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. The font was like, What did I do wrong? Like, what's good? Like, I'm a really cool dude. And they're like, Nah, yeah, I, I, I want to stay out of like bedroom romance type, unless I <laughs> ask something like, Um, you know what's your like ideal date or, or what's something your, like give me that. your best rust voice because i remember ty lockett and who was it they redid the uh <laughs> the problem is like, i'd have to do that on video uh and i can't just you know mimic the rust the rust voice i have a ton i have a ton of ones i have left that i couldn't do last year because no open locker room. but Not i will you. i will try to talk to nick see if we can get nick on the show he would definitely be our first um fullback <laughs> for sure show. actually he's playing nope. linebacker uh, these days i was gonna say mike davis but he's definitely running back yeah, running back we only had one fullback so we can't have that many <laughs> on the team he's playing linebacker now anyway uh he actually played linebacker uh in the mock game uh, look at that uh, getting some Sunday. linebacker reps yeah he's getting a lot of linebacker love they got a lot of hurt linebackers uh right now i don't don't ask me how he did playing linebacker in the mock game i don't know if he was playing will playing mike I, honestly that's just not what i was paying attention to um in in the mock game but uh, it w- there was a lot going on. I felt bad for. I thought I thought they were gonna stream the mock game, so all, all the, every time I tweeted something about the mock game, it's just like, oh, can you send us a video? Can you put out a video? I'm like, no, I no, I just can't. A, it'd be like really blurry from up top in the press box, but then like B, it's just I've never been able to to be in control of video during like the fun parts of practice like that when I'm doing eleven on eleven. 
even if you notice when the team puts out video of a highlight, it's yeah. it's very closely cropped, right? It's like so you can't see formations and stuff like that. So it's very like I felt bad everyone was like, yo, can we get video? Like, we need more live tweets. And I'm just like, oh it's a mod game. They're though. not well, I thought they were streaming it. And then I saw people nah, saying they no, they're not they were they're mm-hmm. not streaming it. That was um unfortunate. I mean, there's fifteen thousand people there, so any you of them could have been streaming. Eyes it. and ears. Well, there were so. people tweeting out videos of the plays, too. There was one dude tweeting a play every two seconds. Then Lumen Phil tweeted him and said, hey, take these down. Dang. And he had to take them down. Yeah. Mm. Like, he was he was getting caught. Um, but I thought I thought the mock game, well, as you guys probably figured, we're looking at the mock game and looking at, um, I mean, all camp. I've been trying to get a, get a feel for the offense. We talked about that on the last show and what tempo really means and all that. And I, I don't think that. So, for example, I, I was uh, I tweeted somebody either during the mic game or after, and I was like, "This tempo stuff might be a little overblown," mostly because I didn't. I think that the that Shadi's offense has had up tempo. Like you look yeah. at the first drive against the Falcons, maybe the second drive, they go down there, figure they're mixing it up, they move mixed in a little no huddle. Russ had like a Russ had a running play. They were going for it on fourth down in that game. Like it was, I was like, oh. Shadi can can do you know all of this. I'm not sure how many other games it happened. That, that happens for a few different reasons. Uh, why you you know slow it down? But I think the one thing that I noticed but wasn't comfortable writing until Russell kind of confirmed my suspicions. Because um, that's the other thing about the offense, right? Like it's very hard to write about it because everyone's not on the same page with everything, um, and so much of this stuff is rust based besides the the routes, you know, obviously you can hear from the receivers on those and make a distinction, but so much of it is rust. Like I saw someone write, uh, might've been Peter King. Let's say Peter King's wrong on this, but she was like, um, I'm noticing Russ have more command of the offense. I'm like, how can you really tell that from practice? Particularly he was only there for like one or two days. It's like, how can you tell from one or two days? Like, Russ has always had a command of the offense. In fact, I remember when Shoddy came, that was one of the things that was supposed to be new, that Russ would have more control at the line of scrimmage. So it's like, how much control are you ultimately going to give Russ? Like, is he going to start calling his own plays? Like, he can only have so much more control, I would think. So I, I try not to infer so many things about what Russ is doing differently since we don't have a lot of those intricacies um, there. But one thing I thought of in the mock game, I thought that they were mixing in when they go faster. Um specifically after like successful plays so maybe um you know how like when you're doing a two-minute drill chris you um let's say you get a 16-yard pass and the rush is like all right let's go let's get to the line let's, let's try to, i i see a little bit of that that they'll come out and have a successful play um and then all right if that play works now let's hurry it up you know i don't know how that feels a little different before where you could see them having those drives, but it did seem to be like more of a scripted thing. Whereas now it seems almost like it's almost like in I'm gonna make a boxing analogy, even though I don't box, where you just kind of like you hit somebody and now they on the ropes a little bit. So now it's like, okay, I don't need to go back to whatever my plan was. Let's just start tagging him. That yeah. exactly. So that's that's that was interesting. I thought it in the press box, like it was here in my brain, and I was like, I don't know if I can write that definitively. And then Russ basically alluded to it again. yeah no he said it straight flat out i don't have the exact words russ was rambling a little bit so i don't i don't have the full quote but we kept asking him six versions of the same question it was really embarrassing press conference on our part uh after the mock game but he basically said yeah they're gonna 
do more of it, more of an emphasis, not just all game. I'm not going to turn into Chip Kelly's Eagles. Remember Chip Kelly had the Eagles and they were going 100 miles an hour in practice and they the were, defense was like, West, no, Buffalo, we're Westbrook, man, they just running. Yeah, going. they were they were just gas. They were trying Full to do speed. that Oregon stuff in the NFL and it doesn't work. Um, defenses are better. Your own defense will get tired in practice. It'll just be a disaster and Chip got fired after like two years or something. So they're not going to do that. I do think when to do it will be mixed in a little more and you could see that it's almost like um i'm gonna use a basketball analogy now i'm going to every different sport it's like if you are a half court team and you 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 come out of the gates flying first quarter right let's say you're coming in basketball and then at halftime out of nowhere you just start with like you just pushing the tempo, pushing the pace. Or let's say defensively, you play like a 2-3 zone on your college team or whatever, but you come out of the break, manned up. Full court press, okay. you know, you know, VCU style or whatever. Doing stuff like Shaka Smart type of, I think it was called the Havoc defense or whatever. Like you do that. It's just the ch- ch- the change of pace there. When I hear speed and tempo from now on, um I think that's how I will interpret it. Yeah, okay, so you're flipping the switch as to that side of things rather than they're moving faster, if that makes sense. Like the tempo is, is kind of like you mentioned with the two minute drill. They're they just got a big play. Okay, we're gonna keep this rhythm going. In we spurts. Just, okay, so like maybe it. drive one is fast. Drive two could be. Drive two could be a little bit lower, more methodical, more huddling. More drive pink. three could be the same way. Okay, and then out of nowhere, drive four. Okay, let's let's let's. You no. know, we've been lulling them to sleep a little bit. It's almost like a rope dope. Got it. A little, so, a little bit. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. It, Play action could be a deep ball there. Yeah. Touchdown. Okay. That was, wow. That was fast. Yeah. Let's say they hit like a deep ball. It's like, all right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's yep. get there. Now we got them on the heels. Let's not let them sub. Let's do this. Let's, let's let Russ just control it. Let Russ cook. From here. So that, yeah, let's let Russ cook. <laughs> That's where I think Russ will have a little bit more control. Is there another word we want to use other than control? Um, Authority, autonomy. I, I think autonomy. Autonomy, I authority. Because control makes it seem like Russ is the show. Like well, he, I mean, he's called plays before for entire drives. Yeah, like, remember, remember yes, that one his game? His headset went out. Yeah, and then Shotty was like, I, I don't know, I can't remember. Shotty was like, the headset yeah. went out. I went to go get a cookie and let Russ call the plays, score the touchdown. Yeah. You know, it's like Russ right, can do it. Yeah, he, he, I did, he did it in Pittsburgh, did it in Carolina. I think he did it in Miami. And these were all like touchdown or scoring drives that Russ called by himself because either the, the mic was out or that was just the game plan at the time. Russ so, has a future as an OC, just throwing uh, it out there. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think so. <laughs> um, but so that he's always been able to do it, but I think instead of like doing it because the mics go out in Miami, just like all yeah. right, let's let's roll because you got to think when you're going tempo, there's only so many plays, there's only so much time to relay a full play. Yes, and this is why, and this is an example of why I've uh, kind of been careful with my reporting of the mm-hmm. offense. Is like for example, I had three different people tell me we're using shorter play calls in 2021. It's like that they're using shorter play calls. Um, one, I think it was two coaches and a receiver was like, yeah, the play calls are a lot shorter. It's really nice. Helps for our memorization and know what we want to do and play faster. Um, and I was like, oh, great. That sounds actually really cool. Um, Cause you know, play calls in the NFL are real long. It's not just like, like in Wazoo, we got plays that could be like, why cross? That's the whole play. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody knows what they're supposed to do. If not, they look to their side, their coach in the sideline. Now it's not the same thing, in, but they've shortened the play calls according to like three people I talked to. Ask Russ about it on Sunday. Is the rest of the play call shorter? He said, no, nah, if anything, they're longer. I'm like, what the hell? What are these? What, what's going on here? <laughs> Who knows the answer? So that's why I've been like kind of weary of like 
what I'm willing to project from what guys tell us or report based on, you know, what they say on the offense. Like, it's this, it's that. I need to see things. I need to see things. And then when I see things, ask guys about the thing. And then if they confirm the thing, then it's the thing. Real quickly, before we move on to another situation that's pretty big and, and important for the CX offense, I do want to briefly know, did you have any concerns from the mind game that you were thinking might need a little tweak there that could use some work? Not a fan of that, or was it all, for the most part, pretty positive out there? I don't think the offense has been – it's not just a mock game in general. Okay. I don't think – it doesn't feel as explosive as last year. It's probably a little bit more of the shorter stuff by design. Do you think that takes away from what from their offense and totality, meaning what we saw last year was explosiveness in the first eight weeks, and that was probably what everyone wanted? But then Pete said, no, we're not going to do that. And now is that kind of what we're seeing? Or is that me jumping way too far ahead saying, you know, Chris, slow down. We haven't even seen them play one game yet. No, it's, the offense is still probably kind of vanilla still okay. at this point. Just in general, all offenses for the most part are this time of year. It's just doing a lot of installs, um, trying to make sure everyone knows what to do. That's yep. like Makes sense. Priority. But I, I think what I've noticed is like if you're just trying to count how many times they take a shot, like they took a lot of shots last year. Um, and there's not a not as it doesn't feel like as many. I don't have the the charted numbers to to quantify that. So that's kind of a thing. To I'm your eye, about. yeah, yeah, to your a eye. naked eye. That's one a thing little that's bit. Still, okay, they didn't score a lot in the red zone. Um, Russ didn't throw a touchdown pass against the backups. That was a little concerning. Um, you know, him and DK couldn't hook up in the end zone. Tyler Lockett. Was it because of good defense, or like you said, they just couldn't hook up for whatever a little, reason? A little bit, a little bit of both. Okay, I, I think I thought they should. I expected Russ to light the backups up. I mean, is the, <laughs> the backups for real? Like, we <laughs> all would. The Russ lights twos. up other team starters, you yeah. know. So I had expected him to light up the backups. So I thought that was that was a little um, that was a little concerning. We do have a feel for. I know Pete says always compete and all this other stuff. I think we have a really good feel for what the starters will look like. If anyone's like, so we know the starting online, line, Dwayne. Well, we'll get if, to, we'll get if, to Dwayne. If. Yeah, we'll get to Dwayne. <laughs> Uh, Dwayne, Damian, Damian, Ethan, Ethan, Ethan or Kyle. It really, it's one of the two. Kyle and Fuller, Big B Shell, yeah, B Shell, and then Gabe Jacks. Um, we got your starting three receivers. I think Freddie, Swain, DK, Tyler. You obviously got Chris Carson, the backup running backs. Russ. The offense is pretty set. Um, Joe Everett and Will Disley are just both going to get a bunch of burn. Joe will probably be the starter, quote unquote. Um, and then on defense, I really don't think there's any jobs up for grabs. Uh, I think the starting front line is pretty set. Al Woods, Puna, LJ Collier, probably Daryl Taylor, and then um, uh, probably uh, Carlos Dunlap as the as the Man, that's start. A, no, that's, that's a, a unit. That's a good group. And then Ben Mayoa. The D lines a rotation. We talked about the D line. Like yes. I feel really good about Did that. that last week. Yes. Corners seem pretty locked in. Marquise. Akello and DJ Reed, like that seems locked in if everyone's healthy. I'm already excited for that. To yeah, be that, seems, that seems pretty locked in. And then Jamal and Quandre and then Jordan Brooks and Bobby. I think the, the starting 22 is pretty solid. Okay. It's pretty decided. I agree like, with you on that. Yeah. So I don't think we have many position battles to to think about um, in in that regard. Now, uh, one thing we do have to where I mentioned Dwayne. I <laughs> don't. Getting real. I don't, Chris, I don't like how the situation looks. I was awful. I'm thinking everything's going to work itself out. And we both just briefly read through 
Condota, Bob Condota, and Adam Jude story. Yeah, on there's the Seattle a, Times. Let me pull up some of this stuff real fast. It's it's a little. Well, I mean, it's, you're you're wondering, damn, <laughs> is this deal going to get done? And you mentioned the situation with the lineman, the tackle spot, left tackle. That is, who are the left tackles that are supposed to be backing him up? Already hurt. So now you're really putting Stone in the position to be a starter, and he's still trying to go from a running offense in college, which that's his strength, to now his weakness at the professional level, week one potentially. That is a lot to grasp. Can he do it? Absolutely. He's more than capable of doing it, but you're putting a lot of pressure on him if Dwayne Brown doesn't have a deal by week one. And, of course, the other two guys that are out, are not available. And those two guys, I'm talking about Jamarco Jones and who, Cedric Abouye. Cedric Abouye. Yeah, I just don't like how the Dwayne situation feels. You know, it doesn't feel like the Jamal Adams stuff. Like, I mean, Bob Bob Condota and Adam Judas, Seattle Times reported, I think, yeah, this was this was Tuesday, that the, the talks have stalled between the Seahawks and Jamal. Basically, they're like, yo, we, we want this. Jamal was like, ah, we, we want this. Ah, we can't agree. We'll ready break. Like, we just can't, <laughs> can't get it done. Um, and they've reported as well, and this is some other stuff that's already been out there, that the Seahawks are willing to make Jamal the highest-paid safety in the NFL. Does what you do. You trade two first-round picks for him, but the two sides have not re-engaged in discussions this week, and that's according to sources that they got at the Times. Um, and it doesn't sound like, I mean, according, let me see if Bob and Adam got this. Yeah, th- they're not reporting that Dwayne's side is talking to Seattle. Like, those discussions don't seem to be on ongoing either. So, Oh, yeah, I think the Jamal thing will get done. I just don't well, think you said it. I don't, traded, I don't think there's a choice. There. They traded two first round picks. Yeah. It's got to get done. Yeah, though the, I'm a little scared because, like, does Jamal sit out? I don't think so. But I don't think Dwayne does either. It just doesn't feel good. You know, if you notice, I think we talked about this last show. Pete won't even talk about the money part. Yeah, and then Who so brought it up last week. It was probably me because uh, I've been asking about and it. He a kind lot. of he's like. <laughs> Yeah, or it might have oh, been, been Bob. He said eh, he laughed. He giggled and said, "Yeah, things are going great." And it was like, "I'm not calling Pete. He's lying." But it it didn't seem great in the grand scheme of things. It felt like there was more to it. Something was missing. Of course, he can't tell you guys everything, but no, he's telling us nothing. Okay, excuse me there. Yeah, he's telling us. It nothing. was it was. Dang, Pete, what's really going on? Well, nothing's going on. There's been no communication from what. From what it appears, well, what he, we've read, he said that the, him and Dwayne are talking. Uh, I asked this on the, after the yes. mind game. He said him and Dwayne are good, blah blah blah. He didn't say what they're talking about. So he, <laughs> he said our conversations with stuff has been great. That is the most vague thing he could have possibly <laughs> said. Y'all talking about the latest episode of The Wire, or not? You know, talking about old episodes of The Wire. Are you talking about the Fast movies and then putting Tyrese in the space? Is that you, awkward you talking talk- to your head coach about that, knowing you're trying to get a contract? If that is the case, I mean, they can just be shooting. They can they can <laughs> just be talking about anything. But, That's true. But Apparently, according to Adam and Bob at the Times, the team's not even in active negotiations on a new deal with Dwayne. And I don't know. And then you got the Adam Schefter report that Dwayne, quote unquote, isn't pleased. I'm not liking how this feels. So, for example, Quandre Diggs. If you talk to Quandre Diggs, um, we've heard from him on the record a ton of times, it feels like, just offseason. He's made very clear. He doesn't worry. He hasn't worried at all about what Jamal Adams. He's like, Jay is going to be there. Week one, not worried. He gonna ball. We're gonna go get this championship. Russ had the chance on to mm. Sunday to mm. sound similarly hope, uh, confident. He did not. He was like, "Shoot, we need him." I hope he's there week one. <laughs> he, was, he didn't say I hope. He was like, "We need him there week one or yes. game one." 
and the tone there was almost it was more hopeful than it was sure like quandre sounds sure that's his that's his man's so i would expect him to sound a little bit you know but russ sounded like shoot i hope yeah i hope he there <laughs> i hope so <laughs> i do you know like we need him there we gotta get that figured out you yes. know and there's a couple ways that you can like that seems like a very obvious answer like hey i want my left tackle game one but you can there's other ways that guys handle other dudes contract negotiations but the most common one i think i found is guys will be like yeah that's another man's money i ain't gonna talk about that you know i would love to have insert guy holding out you know he's my dog at the same time I'm focused on the guys that are here right now, and I have confidence and insert all the backups. That's like the usual, especially from the quarterback, that's the usual tagline when receiver, lineman, or running back is holding out. I'm pretty sure a lot of the Dallas guys said that when Zeke was holding out. Like, it's you hear it quite often. Russ was like, let's figure this out. That did not make me feel great. Um, and then, like, because now it's like, and then what? Can Dwayne give us a FU season like Aaron Rodgers just gave the Packers? Um, how does that look? You know, I, I just don't I think the the tone of the Dwayne Brown holdout stuff is now making me worry. I don't know if it's like full on panic button because it's probably more likely than not he will be out there week one. But I just I just don't like where this like Pete doesn't sound super confident. He was just like, well, he's not gonna play in the preseason. Well, Pete. That's not what I asked you. <laughs> well, it, you know what? It's my fault. I asked Pete, do you think Dwayne will miss any games? He said, well, he's not going to play in the preseason. That, that was never going to be the case. Pete didn't be like, nah, we expect him week one. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. nobody sounds sure Dwayne is going to play. And I don't know about you, Chris, but I think Dwayne Brown playing is kind of important. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know I'm right there with you. Remember when I brought up who the potential starters would be in Jamarco Jones and Cedric Oboe, those guys are both hurt. So now you're looking at the rookie. Hey, guy, you ready to go? I know we were working on building you up fundamentally to be able to pass block. We know you're a mauler on the run game, but... No, other way around. It's other way Excuse around. Excuse me. He's a great pass blocker great pass who wasn't blocker. good in the run game. Excuse me, so I messed that up earlier too, but that's one thing that the Seahawks are built on, being able to run. And if he's not capable of getting out there and handling those blocks that puts the offense at a slight disadvantage when they want to go to Chris Carson because the left side's not sure it's not hundred percent there you don't have as Russ put it we don't have our guy we don't have big Dwayne out there and Russ could have easily said it and made the point that hey you know I don't want to talk about his situation but when he gets there we'll be ready for him I like the guys we got let's go out and compete but Russ is just being real he he, he's speaking like, remember, I think I've said on the show before, Russ is a 12. Russ, <laughs> a lot of people usually talking about on Twitter about things that are bad or good about Pete or the organ. Russ feels the same way. Yes. Like when Russ says we should throw in more, like he's, let Russ cook. Russ, Russ is like, yeah, Russ should have more say on this. Yeah. Russ should restructure his contract so he can have so-and-so. Russ would be like, yes, I'll restructure whatever. <laughs> I'll like, do whatever you guys so need. So that's nothing Adam and, and Bob reported that Russell restructured his contract to bring Dwayne in. Well, yes, 
Yeah. I'm sure he will. He did it the first time they signed Dwayne. That, that was before, true. Yes. yes, he did in 2017. That was yeah. before he even knew the guy. He was like, oh, that dude right there? You need me to <laughs> Hall of Famer. restructure Definitely. my cut right here? Oh, cool. And it's honestly, I mean, a restructure is not that. It's, there's really not a lot of downside from the player's perspective because how a restructure works is it's just, hey, here's this money you were going to get over the course of four months. Here's all of it right now. You know, it's just like it's a lot. Who's going to say no to that, right? Hey, you were going to $10 million over three years? Oh, you're going to give it to me right now? Oh, okay, great. You know, that's it's a no-brainer from Russ's side. That's why it's like when people yell at Russ online about do this to get good players. Like, who says Russ won't? <laughs> who says Russ is going to turn down more guaranteed money right now? Russ got bills. <laughs> yes. You know, flying fiber jets, stuff like that. Like, yeah, man. So I'm, I'm sure Russ will do that. But yeah, just, I don't, I wish I had more like insidery stuff to report. But I mean, even just kind of just having convos with folks, it just doesn't sound great. I don't know whether Dwayne will be there week one. And the fact that I don't know that is the problem. Scary. Ultimately, like, that's it right there. We don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Russ appears to not be a hundred percent sure. Um, I, I, I just don't, I, that's not good. Hopefully in two weeks, discussions are happening and they're getting close to a deal. Well, it's, that's the other thing about negotiations, right? If they were going to go well, I feel like they would have, you know, that's a great point. Cause it's literally, Hey, we have this offer. Either the Seahawks are going to say, okay, we'll, we'll stick with this offer. We're staying with it, and Dwayne's team's like, no, we don't want that, and that's the end of the discussion. Or the Seahawks are going to be flexible and say, we'll make it work. This is we went back and talked about it. Here's what we can do. It's a little closer to what you want. What do you think? And right now, it seems like maybe that process is just Dwayne said, "This is what we want." Seahawks are like, "This is what we're going to give." And it doesn't even sound like there's even a negotiation with Dwayne. That's, that's what's even. So I guess the, I don't know if I said that. That's the real other part of that that's troubling. With Jamal, it's like we talking. We get in there. We'll figure it out. Like, like Adam and Bob reported, it's about the guarantees, which makes sense because I think Jamal's current contract is fully guaranteed, and Seattle usually only guarantees the first two years of a deal. So if Jamal wants the first two years of his new deal, that, that could be a problem. That just goes against the structure of how they do things. But so does trading two first-round picks for a safety. goes against the structure of how you do things. You got to bend. If they didn't plan for this accordingly, then that's stupid on their part. But I ultimately think that once you're in discussions, even if you're at a standstill currently – Deadlines create urgency that's needed to get stuff done. So by the time week one comes, I don't think I, I don't think Jamal will miss out on the bread. Um, okay, he, he misses a lot on game checks. Take, I think like his game checks are average out to take whatever his base salary is divided by seventeen. That's what it, that's what he stands to lose, I believe, each you know, each week. He um, misses okay, and and coming to practice and not practicing is one thing. Coming to practice and then not playing in the game. That's a whole nother. That's hard to sell to the homies. Missing the mock game, you can if you're Jamal, you can be like, "Yeah, yo, six is is judging them. I don't, they ain't gave me this deal, so go out there and try to beat Indy without me. Love you guys and be cheering." That's a tough sell. It's a tougher sell. Go out there and try to beat the tight. Go try to stop Julio Jones, and AJ Brown without me, <laughs> without me healthy. I'm healthy, but I don't want to play right now until they get this done. Business. That's a tough sell. Even if guys understand. It's a tougher sell in training camp or a tougher sell in the regular season. Same thing with Dwayne. How does Dwayne look to those guys in the regular season week one and be like, hey, I know we're about to play a really scary D-line in Indy, but I ain't got this bread yet, so y'all go out there and figure it out. Mm. Russ, can't help you, big dog. I ain't got the check yet. 
if Dwayne wants to take that stance or Jamal, that's fine. I just don't know how well that goes over at that point. Like I said, it's way easier to miss this no nothing game against the Raiders versus missing week one against the Colts. That's why Russ was the Russ didn't say I need him against the Raiders on Saturday. Because <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. He's probably gonna play one drive, two drives. He might not play a drive. Get, no, he has to. Pete can't keep him off the field. He just can't. Get out there, couple drives, try the offense, go. He's gonna play the whole game against the Colts. He's gonna play the whole game against the Titans. I forget who they play week three, but he's gonna play the whole game and every game after that. So I'm a little the the Dwayne thing really like concerns me. And it has been for a few weeks. I I think I referenced it last time. I was on KJR and I was arguing with Dick and Dick Fane and Softy. And it was like Jamal Adams is the number one storyline. And I was like, are we sure? Like the left tackle wants a deal, and they're not even talking to him about one. Pete keeps saying our conversations about stuff. What is stuff? <laughs> Next time I'm gonna ask Pete about what is stuff, Pete? Are y'all talking about money and contracts <laughs> for him? I don't want to keep dodging that question. That's that's a, that's a problem for me. So Dwayne has, I think, has elevated Jamal in my mind in biggest pre- training camp storyline. Because if is he willing to lose those game checks? Because I, I think you take his base salary, it's like eleven five. Divide that by seventeen. That's what he stands to lose every week. Man, problem. That's right. A lot. So is he willing to do that and not be there on Sundays with his guys, which is what this is all about. So. Because we have these unanswered questions, man, we're going to talk about it every week because it's. I'm going to try to get some more reporting and stuff done on this, but it's scary, man. I am very concerned about whether the Seahawks will have their starting left tackle to open the regular season. And if they do not have their starting left tackle to open the regular season, it's going to be trouble. Trouble, trouble, trouble. Well, can we get to some positive stuff? With the preseason uh, game coming up this Saturday? I can try. Here, I got some notes on some positive stuff. I got some of those some positive. Some guys that we want to see do well in the preseason. Well, some guys that I want to see do well that have already done well. You know, I get asked a lot about um, fringe roster guys, and I'm not gonna lie, guys. I usually don't have like a ton of answers for you, just because a lot of times y'all be asking about dudes that ain't doing much. Uh, like I feel bad. Like there was one so was a subscriber. I can't. I think. I think. I think her name was Carolyn. I want to say. Frequently asked me about Colby Parkinson, and for a while it was just like, I got nothing for you. But now I do. Colby's been praying really well. Although he's not on the list of guys that I'm interested to see. Sorry about that. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. But he does look he does look good. Um number number one, I probably want to say is Penny Hart. Because remember how I said the 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 depth chart is kind of like already set. I think all of the receiver spots are set too. Yeah, I think they're going to carry five. I don't know if we've discussed how many we think they're going to carry on the show. But <laughs> last year they carried six. So that did be they? Did they carry yeah. six all year? Yeah, uh, I believe. No, I was five. I think it was six. I'm pretty sure it was DK, Tyler, Freddie, Penny, and Demo. They didn't carry anyone extra. On the active, no, I don't think. Uh, no, it wasn't John. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so so I think I think Penny Hart has already got the number five spot locked up as long as he stays healthy. Now I say that he has an ankle injury currently, so that's that's a problem. So you'll have DK Lockett, Penny, Freddie, and D and Eskridge. Yeah, okay. you can't cut Eskridge. <laughs> Second round pick. Yeah, you can't cut him. <laughs> so you could put him on pup. Uh, that's physically unable to perform to start the lit to start the year. Yeah, that would you could do that, but I think he'll be. His toe is not broken. Like I think he'll be fine in three weeks or whatever it is. Damn, he's been out. Actually, the game first game is not. A, it's a month from now, so he's not gonna play any preseason. Then I don't know. It doesn't matter. He'll make the active roster. That's my point. Got it. Yeah. So, but I do want to see what Penny has to bring because 
Um, I think Dwayne will be a little uh, slower to catch up to speed because that's just how it happens when you get hurt. I mean, you saw it with LJ Collier, saw it with Rashad Penny. Um, you just see it with, I mean, even Jordan Brooks, who got hurt week three of last year. It took a little bit of time for he really, really, really started to pop. I mean, they had a couple good plays against the Cardinals in week seven or whatever it was. But I just think it, 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 it takes a little bit when you get hurt and you don't have that install stuff. To, all the stuff they're getting now, it matters. You know? So Penny is somebody that's been flashing that I think like has that number five spot locked up right now in my mind. Um, if, if there's anyone to take it from him, it will be the guy we saw today at practice, Aaron Fuller. Um, Out of UW. Sorry, say, don't say you don't. Hey, I'm just showing love. Don't, don't. I'm Why? a coog, but what? I, because I'm respectful. You can show love to Aaron. You don't have to show love to the 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 the, the choices that Aaron made. You know, when on his higher edit, education. When we edit that out. No, no, no. It's fine. Look, <laughs> because I wanted to be known that that. No, we that's wrong. We're not going to do that. that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Aaron Fuller. You know, I think was it felt like a long shot to start to start camp, but he's like scoring a touchdown like once every like four practices or something like that. That's a way to make the team. Um, he's a kick return guy too, so he hasn't a punt return actually. I think. Um, has has some options there. That's in John Arsua. I I don't know, Chris. You know how there's like the Puna Ford Hive, the Puna Hive. <laughs> Where you going with it? Yeah. <laughs> if, if there's one for John Arsua, I feel like I'm in there. Like I'm just waiting. I'm right here. Well, we've always been waiting for John to, because I, I think it's there. I think it's there that if he gets in the game. I mean, hell, he caught a huge. What was it a game? Damn near game winning touchdown last year against the Rams. Was it? No, he didn't play last year at all. Or um, the year he prior, almost caught. The the ball that would have won them the NFC West in 2019. Was, that's what it was. He okay. was at the one. That's what it was. Yes. Uh, no, it wasn't at the one. It was. It was. It was very close. Oh, man. I think it was at the one. But either way, he. Yeah. He, how they end up not at? The, oh, you know what it was? I think they got a they got a penalty because Marshawn didn't get in the game fast. Enough. That might have been what it was. Either way, I'm waiting on John. I'm waiting on John, big time. This game, every other preseason game, I'm looking at number 15. It just, I just want, I selfishly want that to happen because I think he's really good. Very talented. He's a really good player. And it would confirm like my priors. And you always want your priors confirmed. Um, so yeah, I got three, three receivers right there that I think those are my three. I don't think anyone else has a legitimate shot um, at it, at like taking that spot. I know like um, who else is in there? Connor Weddington, um, Cody Thompson. Uh, they got a big dude, six, six dude. Now, Anthony. He, he's number 86. I can't remember his name. Oh, oh Travis. I think he's white. Travis. Yeah. Toe Bonin, Toy Bonin. I don't, I don't want to see if you messed up his name. I don't want to. Travis tra- T. Okay, I apologize. Yeah. Travis um, T. Yeah, I don't. I, I think my, I think those guys that I named are the three that's most in the running. You that's anybody? Fair. I definitely want to see Freddie Swain because I mentioned, what was it? A few weeks ago, we talked about guys. Oh, what was the discussion we were having on the show? We basically said we we're saying that guys that we think have a breakout season. And I said Freddie Swain. Oh, you picked Freddie for a breakout? Yes. Well, maybe it wasn't breakout. I forget. That's that. a bold one for breakout. I have a breakout guy. No, it wasn't. It wasn't breakout then. I don't remember what it was. It was maybe three pods ago. We talked about something to that magnitude. But I definitely picked Freddie. And you're like, that's a, that's, that's a fair pick. And it wasn't breakout. I just don't remember what it was. You want to hear my breakout player? Who? Puna Ford. Well, that makes sense. Kay, 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 how do you say his real name? Kalen. Nakia Ford Jr., I think is his full name, aka Puna. Uh, breakout, okay. I, I just, I, cause I think Pete Carroll picked Gerald Everett earlier in the year for his breakout guy. And I just think it's Puna, man. I mean, everyone knows that Puna's good if you're in Seattle. I just don't know where elsewhere. If I had to, know. though, I would say Daryl Taylor. He's another one. He's another one that, that would be my breakout. If not Freddie, but definitely Daryl Taylor. He has a, yeah. 
Daryl Taylor for sure. He's looking good from what I've seen in practices. And he's going to get a lot of reps against Oakland, I think. Yeah, no, I think uh, Vegas, man. Get you on these teams. Chris is having a hard time with the team's moves. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> San Diego, <laughs> Oakland. I don't know if Why you call them the St. Louis Rams. No, I haven't pulled that one. It's yeah, always it's Los just, Angeles. But... The teams are moving. Ah, stop moving. You got to keep up. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, stop. <laughs> so, stop asking billionaire dudes to be so damn cheap with those stadiums that they want that they want to build. So Daryl's a guy that I do want to see in the preseason, see what he can do, what he can, how he get, gets after the quarterback, and also could be a breakout player. And then Freddie Swain, I want to see how he fares in the preseason game, as well as Cody Thompson and Aaron Fuller. Because what we saw on Tuesday from Cody was pretty impressive. I think Cody's white, too. Is Cody white? Yeah, deceptive speed, as you just put it. Yeah. He scored, if I'm not mistaken, today on Tuesday. And the scrimmage. I don't know why I'm checking my notes. I got to wrote down that he's pro- white. Uh, well, I'm sure I you- might have wrote down deceptive speed, though. Let me see if that's in here. <laughs> Aaron- I don't know if that's in here. <laughs> Aaron Fuller, he had two touchdowns on Tuesday. He was very impressive. Who else is deceptive speed on here? Yeah, Go but ahead. Cody Thompson is definitely white. I know that for a fact. Yeah. I just don't know if he- he's deceptively fast, I would say. Yeah, he's deceptive speed. Let me see Cody right here. Yeah. Yeah. I- Oh, <laughs> definitely right. Def- I just googled it. It's definitely deceptive, deceptive <laughs> speed, uh, right there. Uh, yeah, that that that's a fine, that's a fine pick. That's a fine pick. Yeah, Thanks, Mike. I Appreciate just, it, man. Do you want do you, uh my rookie? I picked my <laughs> pick my favorite rookie. Already? Everyone wants me. Yeah, <laughs> everyone wants me to write about undrafted free agents and talk about undrafted free agents, and and I, I try not to spend too much time on them. Like, not that I'm like a a draft elitist or whatever. My problem usually is that like. They want me to write. Everyone wants me to write about every or talk about every undrafted free agent. It's like, guys, a lot of these dudes will not matter. They will be cut. Damn, you'll never hear from them Why again. You say it like that. They never matter in the context of the Seahawks. So I know they're all men, and they'll matter in their lives and take care of their families and all that good stuff. Like, but in the grand scheme of making the fifty-three, yeah, it's just there's only usually one or two guys in the running. It feels like we have one every year, but you, it's like one. It's not like multiple. Like <laughs> I twenty laugh, but you're cracking. Like twenty fifteen, right Thomas Rawls. Twenty sixteen. George Finn. Yeah, you thought Thomas, uh, which year was it? You thought he was going to go crazy. And I was like, Mike, I don't see it. And he struggled. He got hurt too. But Yeah, he, Thomas Charles got hurt in 2017. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, Yeah, 2017, it was, oh, someone who still, I can't remember. Um, But 2018, Puna Ford. 2019, Brian Monet. 2020 was Cedric Lattimore, I want to say. Maybe it was Penny Hart. Um, Can't remember. But usually it's only like one. It's not going to be five dudes. So who is it this year? I think it's Ashari Crosswell. Mm, my guy, you said that will definitely make the roster. Yeah, that's you the one. You wrote that he story last pick, week. He almost had a pick six today. I like him. That's that's the one I've I picked. I thought it would be. I'm with everybody else who thought it would be Kate Johnson, the guy from receiver we talked about. Oh, yeah. From South Dakota State. When I thought it would Dane be him. On, yes. he's, he's doing all right, too. Okay. But I think when I look at this Crosswell kid, He's around the ball. He almost had a pick six. I'm talking well, about he's had a mean he's pick had six. A, I think what he had three picks last week alone in that that week of practice. He, has, he had two picks in training camp, one pick in rookie mini camp, uh, a so couple of touchdown two. saving plays, and almost had a pick six today on like the the best I've seen someone break on a ball in a very. I'm talking about like what's the play that the uh, the Peyton Manning one in the Super Bowl where he throws a pick six. It looked like that. Mm. Uh, I think Tracy Porter is who had that. It just yeah. looked like one of those where it's like, he just knew it. Yo, not no fluky. No, nah, it was like he had to know the play. He and had to. And he's someone you also want to see on Saturday. I want to see him every Saturday. And Sunday. And, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm hype, man. I like DB play. So I'm a little biased um, there. Speaking of the DBs, I'm going to go with a guy, Trey Brown. I really want to see what he's capable of doing 
undersized cornerback. He's going to get his burn. He's going to get some chances to go up against these Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, and their wide receiving core. That's going to be fun to see. Speaking of DBs and defense. Yeah, you know the interesting thing with Trey is I saw a good play in one-on-ones, and it's a, uh, I will wrap up after Trey, is it was, they were doing one-on-ones, that's DBs and uh, as corners and receivers, and Trey just had this beautiful, beautiful interception. I, I think I forget who he was going against, but he was playing outside, press technique, get uh balls in the air fade ball he's looking up at it turns his head oh my favorite leaps thing. up squares is like comes down with it saves a touchdown i'm like oh textbook and then i also had in my notes trey mauled this dude halfway up the damn route and then there was like two flags on the field right so it was like the good and the and the bad all in one play uh, and i think it was probably that's a lot of what you saw for him in college he had a lot of penalties in two years i think he had like 17 over his like last two seasons at Oklahoma. So penalized a lot, got his hands on the ball a lot. And so I want to see if that can, if he can clean up one and, and build on the other. Cause if so, okay. he'll be great. You yeah. Know? Cause I thought that was a perfect textbook. Got his head around squared up, like looked and everything was so, it was so smooth. Um, he also had a really good pass breakup in the mock game where he reads a, a like a seam and just gets there right as the ball gets there. I think in a game at my, I caught a little early, um, but it was just a really good jump on the ball. Pete Carroll tends to have to tell us, hey, after the, I have to go look at the film, then I'll tell you guys what I think. He knew right away Trey made that play, and it was really, really good. And so I th- I'm with you on Trey. Like, he's he's clearly got, like, work on this thing, very similar yeah. to Stone with, like, yes. the run blocking. It's like, very clearly, you work on this thing, and you'll be all right. I have no idea where Stone is as a run blocker. I'm not qualified quite yet in my beat writer career to just be like, Yo, look at the hips on it. Look at the uh, the leverage. <laughs> I just not that's not me yet, quite yet. I can look at a guy and see if he can cover though. <laughs> so that that part I'm on. Trey just unfortunately buried on the depth chart. I think behind Pierre Desir, Demarius Randall, and Akella Witherspoon. Like that's a lot of names he's got to get by for to be like the left corner, and then on the right corner is still Trey Flowers and DJ Reed. So he's either like third string or fourth string. But like you said, you're going to get some burn because this is, this is the time you give those guys burn, the yeah. burn. Uh, but that's fine. That's your rookie, Trey can be. <laughs> Thank you. you. I'm going to go with the Crosswell <laughs> kid because I think he's – And you going on draft. That's good. I like uh, that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, the, I mean, how much better is some of these guys who went undrafted? I mean, we've seen it every year with, like, the undrafted – some undrafted dudes, like, ball out and stuff like that, and some dudes from the seventh round never make it. Like, the sixth yeah. round never make it. So, I'm not – I'm going on a leap here. You know, I don't I'm think like, you're going on like a leap. Thing. I just think he's playing really well, and I think you are absolutely correct. He's going to be on this Seahawks team. He's proven it with his ability to make – get his hands on the football and make plays on defense, you, which Pete <laughs> – it's exactly what he wants. He if you want, make plays on the ball, you're going to make the team. And he's done that. There's no reason why he shouldn't. Unless you're Casey Williams. That was just, I don't know why. To this day, the Casey Williams thing, just maybe that's who it was in 2017 that I thought was going to make the team. But to this day, I'll never understand how Casey Williams did not make the team that year. I think in favor of like Tanner McAvoy. Like, I know that these guys, they watch a lot of tape. They know these guys. They know football. Yada, yada, yada. I knew better than them that day. I just did. I just knew. It case like I don't care what how long Pete's been in the football. Now, granted, Casey never stuck around, and neither did Tanner, so maybe it didn't matter. I just thought that Casey deserved that spot. But I don't think that'll be a problem this year with any of the undrafted guys. I think the undrafted guys that are fighting are ended up are like the, the undrafted guy I've identified has a legit shot. 
Okay. Like, I think Cade is too much of a log jam at receiver. Whereas I think Ashari. He can slide right in. Yes. I I think so. If he plays well in the preseason. So we'll see. That's another thing. We'll see. You play a lot of scrub quarterbacks in the preseason, though. So that helps. (laughs) I mean, it really does. (laughs) Who's the Raiders backup? You know Raiders backup? (laughs) Who is he? That's like the easiest backup. It's Marcus Mariota. That's right. They did sign him over yeah, the summer. Yeah, yeah, man. What was it, a two-year deal? I don't know. I'm not the GM. I just know that, that <laughs> that's, that's the backup. Uh, but I think he'll get some get some shots. There. He's going to play some really scrub quarterbacks in the uh, in the preseason. So I think that'll help. I don't. I feel kind of bad for some of these receivers because, like, you don't get a lot of rust time. So we talked about that in the preseason before. So I feel have, bad for some of those guys. And I have uh, Gino. Yeah, but I'm a big. I, I want to see. I, I'm. It's like okay. Here's how it breaks down. I think Penny's heart's got the spot. I think Daryl Taylor does. I think I give Aaron Fuller an outside shot. I'm rooting for John Ursua, and I'm like quietly over here, starting up the Shari Crosswell half. I'm I'm here building it. I'm here. It's it's not started quite yet. Saturday night though, it might be. It might be on and popping. That's kind of how I categorize. My guys, I would like to see Dwayne Brown out there too. If he just wants to, just show up. Yeah, you know? just, just 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 show up. Like that's yeah, that's that's my last. That's that's I'm, that's my real hope is that Dwayne Brown's out there for that, Russ for the sake of Russ's. That would be nice. We want to thank you guys again for tuning in, Seahawks man to man. Shout out to Will Disley for coming on the show. Yeah, shout we out to Uncle Will. Your time that was a fun, quick little episode there that we got with Will. We'll have more guests too. By the way, we're working on that. We we are, got, it's, it's, a, it's a hassle, man. It's a not a hassle, but. You can't be near the players, so there's this whole COVID, you know, um, but they don't do Zooms anymore, right? So <laughs> it's like, how do we get them on? And just it's a lot of technical stuff. But we are, we're going to jump through as many hoops as we can for y'all. All right. Absolutely. Hopefully next up is Nick Ballore, but if not, we got some more fun stuff for you, we promise. Might be a running back. I won't say who it is, but hey, just throwing it out there. Uh, we'll, we'll try. Fingers crossed for a running back. But on that note, it's been another episode of Seahawks Men and Man. We will catch you guys later after the preseason game, actually. We'll, yeah. we'll give you guys an opportunity to ask some Twitter questions, and we will drop that right after the game. Anything else you want to add, Mike? Uh, no, I just I hope that I maybe get to go to Vegas. Oh, that'd be nice. That might be nice. Come down. Always tripping. to cut you Like right now. See, I don't have to drive me if you say that for your mama. Maybe you should smoke some. Me try the marijuana. I was never you good. The vibe was straight, so you were tough.